This passage you know, follows Jesus' geography, but also Jesus' mission of healing and faith, uh, pointing to the theme of reversal or inversion, flipping things upside down, that is very much uh, Jesus' way and very much what Luke wants us to know. Um, the last shall be first, the first last, right? Welcome the children, let me talk to the women. These are all the situations where a person's social status, social location, geography, uh, physiognomy, skin tone, age, um, wealth, all of that stuff, politic, all of that stuff puts people on the outside in ancient society and in these times. But because of an encounter, because of a close encounter with Jesus, something happens. Someone who's been incredibly marginalized, isolated, even just put out of doors, if you will, because of their condition. The blind beggar, the prodigal son, the penitent criminal in Luke, all of those people that are outside have a face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus. And they are seen, they are known, they are loved, and stuff happens. They have a transformation of life circumstance because of what Jesus can do and does do, a complete healing, if you will, a liberation in the truest sense, not just I'm clean and whole, but I am free to be my full, authentic self in the glance of Jesus. Whether it's blindness or illness, whether it's poverty or, quote, sin, whether it's um, Nicodemus who, you know, just has lost his way but climbs up in a tree to see Jesus. All of these healings are in the Gospels to remind us, first of all, I'm going to say in these Jewish holidays, today is Sukkot, they're in the Gospels to remind us of the Jewishness of Jesus. I say the Jewishness of Jesus. And Jesus' relationship to the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, Leah, Miriam, who is in the business of liberating God's people all the time, over time. So this text reflects God's vision, God's vision across time in scripture through all the prophets of a just and well and whole society in which everyone has enough and in which everyone belongs. Are you with me? Are you sure? <laughs> so this idea of you know, healing and justice and well-being and well-making. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem where he is going to have a close encounter with evil. And on his way to Jerusalem, he's walking in the space between Samaria and Galilee. There's no space between Samaria and Galilee. I was just in Israel. So this means Jesus is literally walking on the border. Right? If he was in Israel now, he might be bumping into some fences and stuff, and that's a whole other sermon for another time. But in this moment in time, as Francisco Garcia, the author I was saying earlier, reminds me, this, this geography, this story, puts us on the border to put us in a place that is thin. You know what I mean by a thin place? A place where the space between us and our neighbor and the place between us and our God is like a thin membrane so we have access to each other, so we can feel each other's breath and heartbeat and story and know each other's circumstances, a place where it's so thin that I'm almost you and you're almost me. That's what 
That's what he means by a thin place, a place where God's reign is so present in the moment that it doesn't feel like something we have to wait until we die, because we ain't got time <laughs> to wait to inhabit, yeah? I love that idea of a thin place. So here is Jesus walking between Samaria and Galilee on the border. He goes into this certain village, right? Luke is being very particular, where these 10 men, they were men for real, with leprosy, because everything that was a skin disease, eczema, psoriasis, an itch, mosquito bites, I don't know, brown skin, Jewish skin, black skin, you know, Asian skin, any of that might have been considered a reason to be outside. Can you feel what I'm trying to suggest? In this place, in this border place, these 10 men with a skin problem scream out to Jesus, hey, you, Jesus, they call him Jesus, they call him master. Nobody else calls Jesus Jesus except for the man on the cross next to Jesus calling out and the blind beggar who couldn't see Jesus. These outsiders, do you feel me, know who Jesus is. <laughs> Holy cow. And they know what time it is. They don't have to see so well to know that this one is the one that God sent in the world to put us in the thin space. So there they are, screaming out, can you heal us? And Jesus says, just go to the priest and show him that you're clean enough now. You, you are not unclean, you're clean enough. You're healed enough, well enough to go to the temple. The one, the one turns back around, having known what has happened more fully. An outsider knew what had happened more fully. Luke wants to remind us in this story of the other outsider, the last time the Samaritan knew what was happening more fully was when the man was on the street about to die and the religious leaders had walked by and didn't help, but the Samaritan stopped and helped him. Two stories of a Samaritan in the text showing us what outsiders know, what outsiders know. Y'all know I'm a geek for exegesis, so I did some work on like, what is with these Samaritans and why are they so outside? The Samaritans are children of Abraham. They are Jewish people. What happened is over time, the North Kingdom in Israel and the South Kingdom of Israel broke up so somebody could have some more power than the other. One, they wanted two monarchies, they had it. The Samaritans up in the North Kingdom started kind of pulling in some outsiders to do work and you know, that kind of thing that can happen. And suddenly there was intermarriage and suddenly Samaritans. The, the Samaritans weren't pure, is all, right? And they had their own kind of idea of worship. That's so shocking. <laughs> Does anybody worship like Middle Church in the world? No. They had their own idea of worship. They had their own kind of temple space. This is our temple town. But the Jewish people, the Judeans, were doing Jerusalem. So how we worship, how we read Torah, and, um, and mixed raceness was just enough difference in the same kind of people to make them enemies. Isn't that crazy? That never happens now. Anyway, I digress. Um, so these kind of mixed race people with different ways of worshiping were the enemies to the Jews, the Samaritan. Jesus lifts up the Samaritan in his story to say this outsider mixed race enemy knows how to love. Luke points out that Jesus encounters a Samaritan in this healing moment to show that the outsider not only gets healed like everybody else, you feel that? The healing was for all of them, all them, all y'all, all us. But this Samaritan knew how to respond in gratitude. 
understood fully, perhaps because of his double tap outsiderness, right? The bad skin problem makes you unclean, plus your mixed race makes you unclean. All of that sent him to God in gratitude. Are you with me, y'all? So what, uh, what I'm wanting to point out, and, um, and, and I think the text is saying, in the boundary between Samaria and Galilee was other kinds of boundaries. Social boundaries, right? Cultural boundaries, cultic boundaries. Boundaries of sickness and wellness, of cleanliness and uncleanliness. And in those spaces, in those spaces, Jesus is saying to us, something can happen on the border that you don't expect. What can happen on the border that you don't expect is God can heal you of the borderness that makes us disrespect each other, disdain for each other, right? Deride each other, that the otherness causes us to continue to other each other. And I think Jesus wants to heal that. Yeah? So, I'm thinking about Gloria Anzaldúa. I'm thinking about boundaries and borders during this Hispanic Heritage Month. I'm thinking about Gloria Anzaldúa's idea of kind of two-ness, which relates to, um, to W.E.B. Du Bois's idea of two-ness, right, the both-and-ness of us, and how maybe what Jesus is also trying to do with his African-Semitic multiracial self is to think about the both-and-ness of all of our identities. I'm walking you down my psychological rabbit hole here for a second. But I'm trying to say that kingdom of God building, reign of God building, is about developing our own sense of borders, our own sense of how to inhabit borders, our own sense of both and and belonging in two places at the same time, less binary and more both and right? Less, me, less male, female, and more both and, right? Less black, white, and more both and. Less, um, uh, less uh, cultural purity, if you will, and owning the otherness of ourselves so we can have compassion for the other. <laughs> owning our own dis-ease so we can have compassion for the other. Owning our inner outsiderness so we can work to put everybody inside. Owning our despondency, our left out, our somebody doesn't like us. Owning our own skin problem or our problem with skin. Hmm. Can, you, can you be a person that opens up your social media and not cry? Can you watch the news and not weep? Venezuelans looking for a place to be are shipped out of a state to another state by some white supremacist lunatics who don't remember that they're immigrants. We got skin problems, y'all. A little boy, 18, I'm calling that little boy because I'm so old, is at college 
and is harassed three days in a row by the campus police, who are actually police, and forced to show his ID to prove his black self belonged on the campus. We have skin problems, y'all. We have problems when we set aside 30 days to celebrate Hispanic heritage, and we still are pissed off when people can't speak English. We had skin problems, we got culture problems, we got issues, we got issues about race in this nation. We've got issues about religion in this nation. We've got issues about gender in this nation. Women's body parts make us squeamish in this nation. We're pissed off about trans people seeking to be themselves in this nation. It makes me cry every day. I want us to get to a thin space, to a kingdom building space where we recognize that we are all family together, that you and I are inextricably connected, that I cannot be who I'm supposed to be unless you're who you're supposed to be, and we can't be who we're supposed to be unless even they get to be who they're supposed to be. Do you feel what I'm trying to tell you this morning? We cannot get to the promised land unless we all go there. We can't walk into freedom unless we all go there. There is no freedom, Fannie Lou Hamer said, unless everybody's free. And we are not free. We are bound up, shut down, wrapped up in our silos of okayness. We are afraid of that which is other, and we disdain it, and we want to kill it. And I. I just can't, I just can't take it. Can you? This story is about getting to the border where we can scream out to God, won't you heal me? Because I got a skin problem, man. And God's response to that is, you know, an absolute yes. Take yourselves, get up, rise up, and go, go to the place of worship and show yourself clean. I mean, the tense of that feels like about to be because we're in the space between the now and the not yet, but this is the place where we can be well, where we can rehearse being the reign of God people, where we can love on each other in the difference, right y'all? Where we can appreciate each other's unique particularity and love it, love it fiercely. That, that's what love is. I see your difference, and I am not afraid of it. I don't eschew it. I'm not ashamed of it. I can delight in it. Because your particularity is a gift from God to this community. Come on, somebody. And when we really get it together, when we're really in the kingdom building business, our, our place on the border is it isn't just the progressive, beautiful, amazing, multi-ethnic middle church that's our community. Sadly, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, it's the whole well, world, todo el mundo. It's all of us, all of us connected to each other's destiny. Even the frickin' January 6th insurrectionists, Lord have mercy, are our people. They are. I don't want to go to lunch with them, but how are we going to heal together? What is the world we want together? How do we make it happen together? What are the conversations we need to have? What are the spaces we need to inhabit? Which borders do we need to learn how to be comfortable on? Which ones do we need to cross? How are we transgressive in our love?
for each other. I was talking to Mama Ruby. I'm going to wrap here. I don't want to, but you know, 12 minutes or so is what John and Natalie tell me. Um, <laughs> the or so is where I'm living today. Um, I was talking to Mama Ruby yesterday, and I said, Ruby, you know, we were at the Ford Foundation recently celebrating Fannie Lou Hamer, and it made me think about you, their contemporaries. Ruby was in SNCC when SNCC recruited Fannie Lou Hamer. I said, I quoted M Mama Ruby that you said your community made you spiritual geniuses. What did you mean by that? What did you mean, Mama, by spiritual genius? She said, Jackie, our elders taught us that we could have one foot firmly planted on the ground and we could soar above all the people who wanted to kill us. We could rise above that to a higher consciousness. We could put one foot firmly on the ground and we could walk through walls with the love that we had. And I was like, wow, Mama, you're talking about a boundary right there. The boundary between now and not yet, on earth as it is in heaven, the world as it is and the world we can create. Come on. We can do all of it if we love each other enough. We can do all of it if we own our inner beauty and power. We can be spiritual geniuses with Ruby and with Fannie Lou and with Bob Moses and with George Jordan and with Ella Baker and with Martin King and with Paul Devlin <laughs> and Vicki Burns, right? We can do this world healing thing if we own the power of our ability to heal ourselves and the world around us. I told you how I feel about quail falling from the sky. I'm a little skeptical about quail, but I'm not skeptical about our ability to heal each other across borders. Some of you know the story of me being a 21, 22-year-old girl having a bad, terrible car accident, an almost die car accident in Canada. And this nice white lady in a crowded lobby, like those movies where everything goes blurry, she sees me, me, with my big afro full of glass and my bloody coat. She sees me, me, a black stranger in a strange land. She sees me and she comes and heals me with her love takes me to the drugstore, gets me food to eat, takes me to a hotel, pays the bill, picks me up the next morning and loves me fiercely. She sees me and she sees her ability to heal me. That's what happens on the border. We can see on the border each other's need for healing. And we can see that we have the stuff that we want and the things that we need to make it happen. I'm not gonna be satisfied with this hate-filled world. I'm just not gonna do it. I'm not. I am gonna keep on working for justice, standing on the streets, screaming in the public square, screaming in this pulpit, staying up late, writing the thing, doing the thing, so Ophelia and Octavius inherit love in the world. And I want you to join me. I want you to be mad as hell at injustice. And I want you to be outraged at racism and homophobia. I want you to kick transphobia in the behind. I don't want you to settle one day for a placido domingo response to a hate-filled world. This is about love. We are the ones that have to do it. Come on. Let's get in the movement. Let's go. We ain't got time.
We ain't got time. We ain't got time. We got to keep on working to the kingdom of God, to the kingdom of God, to the reign of God comes on earth right now in our lifetime. Amen.